Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Seth. I'm here for the big question. With uh, Jamie again, obviously. Hi. And Mark Harris, who is an independent midwife. You'll remember him from episode nine. Today's big question is this. Is breastfeeding just for mums? Good question. Well, obviously, yes. In one sense. Right. Okay. I, I'm, well, I'm, of course, we're called mammals because we feed our babies with our mammary glands. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's only women that can do that. So there's, there's one very real sense in which breastfeeding is just for mums because yeah. it's, it's their mammary glands that are doing the feeding. That doesn't mean that, that men whose partners have made the choice to breastfeed shouldn't be completely involved in the context of supporting that choice. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I mean, and, and I guess an, another thing is like a lot of men can feel as if they, they just can't do anything when it comes to, but there's a lot of, we, you know, we were talking before, there's a lot of things that men can be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we, we, spoke, we, we spoke about all the practical support that a man can offer because the woman will be tied up breastfeeding for quite long periods of time the baby will appear to be at her breast for protracted periods of time so in terms of the practical support i think there's something more fundamental that he can do before the baby arrives so there's evidence that suggests when a man uh, learns about breastfeeding learns about the physiology of lactation begins to understand something about some of the issues that can arise with breastfeeding that the longevity of breastfeeding the length of time a woman feeds is increased when a man is informed and educated there's evidence from australia and brighton that uh, women breastfeed for longer when when a man has some education around breastfeeding really yeah but why is that like why well i've got some theories mm. I, you see a woman when she's breastfeeding she'll see multiple professionals who will all give her some advice and le- and let's be frank she's probably going to get loads of conflicting advice yeah tell me about it oh god yeah. sometimes some things some midwives say i wonder whether they fucking understand the physiology of lactation at all yeah. because their advice doesn't seem to 
fall in line with how physiology works. But well, do you think that's a bit of box ticking when it comes? Uh, yeah, to, but like, to, to some extent, and, mm. and some midwives maybe don't get the physiology of lactation. I'm sure most of them do. All right, mm. but some don't seem to. So a woman is confronted with conflicting advice: use nipple shields, don't use nipple shields, put the baby down, pick the baby up. So she's constantly being told by different professionals about what she should and shouldn't do. Right. What a well-educated man can offer is that kind of buffer, that constant source of support who is reinforcing the education that they both kind of had together. Right, you know, so a woman is understanding how breastfeeding works, what can happen with breastfeeding, what kind of support is needed. He's had a similar type of education. He understands the physiology of lactation. Therefore, he understands the difference between, you know, advice that's going to support that and advice that's not. Right, yeah, so he yeah. becomes a constant trusted uh, support in that in that context. So the evidence suggests breastfeeding goes on longer when men are involved. So breastfeeding is definitely should involve the male partner without a doubt. And during like, not just before the breastfeeding, but like during when women are in the process of breastfeeding, what can men be doing? Cause it's, it's very easy to go, well, I can't do anything now. I'm going to sit down and watch. Yeah. I got it. And, and I've spoken to a lot of men that are really telling their part or in, encouraging their partners to give the baby a bottle mm. because they want to be involved in that feeding process. I mean, one of the things I say in that context is, is baby massage is such a really cool thing for a man to do. And of course, when the baby isn't feeding, a man can offer his child a, a massage, which is a really cool thing to do. Because that's good for the dad as well as the... And the baby. It's like a, a bonding kind of thing, is it? Yeah, like, can't, but bonding's a bit of an old-fashioned word right. in the birth world, but it's still, you know, you know, it's still kind of common vernacular. But yeah, the idea of that kind of sense of bond that develops in the context of massage. Mm. You've heard of mirror neurons. Have you, have mirror Neuro neurons in neuro... Of, yeah, neuro of course. Oh, yeah, we're, we're well-versed well, in well, the, uh, mirror neurons. Well, well... <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about mirror neurons. Uh, we were just talking about mirror neurons. We were, just, uh, yeah. we were saying how great they are. Well, we, we catch each other's mood. Right. And right, there yeah. does seem to now be some physiological component to that. So when, you know, when you're experiencing a certain sensation in your body, I may well be feeling something similar to it. Mm. And there is some evidence that there is a physiological reason for that. Uh, in the context of mirror neurons. So when you're massaging your baby, there is a transference going on. There is this sense of connection, and it might be more physical than we've actually realised until very recently. Okay. So what? So how does that, about how can men use that information to kind of support their... Yeah. When the baby isn't at the breast yeah. and doesn't want to feed, I think that gives a man an opportunity to be holding the baby, mm -hmm. to be putting the baby against his skin, yeah. to whip out his his velcro t-shirt whip <laughs> it open and get the baby inside there bondaroo dada the uh, bondaroo but dada get it on <laughs> yeah um and also back to the the issue of massage i really do think it's an undervalued thing the other thing i think is really potentially quite important is 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 baby wearing okay get yourself a sling and wear the baby at every opportunity you see i when we were hunter-gatherers, we probably spent a lot of time carrying our babies around. We were nomadic. 
We spent thousands of years being nomadic hunter-gatherers. It wasn't until we started to grow vegetables that we started to place ourselves into one place. And, and wheat. We, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We haven't domest- domesticated us. Exactly. Yeah. I've read... I've, you sapiens. I've read sapiens. Yeah, yeah. What a fantastic fucking book. Yeah. Until I read that book, I didn't realise there were six species of humans on the planet at the same time. And we conquered all. At, yeah. Probably because of our ability to hallucinate a non-physical reality and enroll other people into that reality. But yeah, so we were probably carrying babies for thousands of years. So this revival of sling wearing is a really good thing for a man to do. Did you see about the... Um, my parents were actually telling about me about this, that the woman who was um, kicked out of the VNA for breastfeeding. Really? Uh, when was recently. that? In, a few weeks ago. Really? Um, yeah, she was in a museum full of like naked statues and she was breastfeeding and um, the, some people complained and got shitty about it and the security kind of asked to look. The VNA have apologised since. Oh, it's funny because you, you get these stories that come out every so often about like I remember one a few years ago where a lady was like asked to leave a, a swimming pool or something mm. and you know if it like I mean I'm sure it happens all the time but like they cause such a furore when like they become like big news. I'm yeah. surprised that people just like continue to do it. Well what she said was that she said the reason is important is that embarrassment about breastfeeding is one of the most common reasons that women give up. So I think that was her kind of. You're shaking your head there, Mark. You don't well, really I, we. I started being a midwife over 25 years ago, and the rates around breastfeeding haven't changed much. Mm. The initiation rates have gone up from 61% to 81%, but that's probably because we now count it. So if a baby looks at the breast now, someone will tick, oh, yeah, initiated. Mm, Um, But in terms of the women that are still breastfeeding at six months and six weeks, the rates haven't changed in 20-odd years. And at a year, we have the lowest breastfeeding rates in the world. Yeah. Really? In terms of longevity of breastfeeding rates, at, at a year, the UK breastfeeding rates are the lowest in the world. Right, and there are all right. kinds what, of economic that, reasons for that. Yeah, right, yeah, so I was going to ask. Yeah, there's all kinds of economic reasons for that. I mean, it, often a woman has to chooses to go back to work because we need two incomes coming in. Right. And a woman who is solely breastfeeding and trying to work full-time, it's that's a challenge in, in anyone's I thought book. the US would be worse then for that because they go back yeah, much quicker, don't they? No, apparently not. We've got the, you know, add a year. So that's... The, Breastfeeding for a whole year. So. But do you think? Do you think it's because there's a bit of a stigma attached to um, women breastfeeding kids over a certain age? Yeah, I think there is, and I think it's quite British to be a bit prude about it. And yeah. Like, oh no, can't can't kind of do that. Like when we were talking about it, even like just uh, my, my family and I were talking about this woman because my dad and my mum and dad happened to be at the VNA when this went, and she really? they saw the woman, and I think it was a, a, a really? bit of an yeah, and they, it was a Weird. bit of an old, it was an older yeah. baby. And so I think that's why people were getting a bit weird about it. But <sighs> was it an, was it a baby or was it actually like a young adult? No, it was a baby. It was a baby. Do you know the Guinness Book of Records? The longest breastfeeding is a Polish chap of nineteen. Whoa! It's yeah. like that David Walliams sketch with Bitty, isn't it? From Little Britain. I, that's just made me. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Yeah. But it's just and um, Game of Thrones. Yes. And that kid, um, Game- Alice, actually teaches. Who used to teach that kid. There we go. Uh, but I was going to ask, like Game of Thrones. Did, yeah. I've, I've seen all of that. I didn't remember that. Bit. Yeah, there's, a, there's a kid in the in the Irie that um, is it called the Irie? Yeah, it yeah. is that that um, high up. Oh, like, with the big hole. Oh, the with the hole in the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah no, I saw that yeah, bit. Yeah. I think it is controversial. Uh, some uh, women feed their child up to three. Mm. You know, three or four. My my wife 
late wife fed one of our children up to 18 months, which was considered unusual. That's it. I mean, even in the, the, the discussion that we had between my you know, members of my family, it definitely split opinion you know it was never seen as something wrong no. at all but it was just it, weird, it was definitely perhaps. well it was just a, definitely a discussion that we had it, about it, it's, it. it's, like, only, it's only weird weird because of our cultural patterns let's but be is honest. it weird or is it just a bit yeah i guess it's a cultural thing yeah you i mean there's you a, don't see it a lot there's so a growing number of women that are now own, owning up inverted commas to having orgasmic experiences when they breastfeed and that's a whole... Is t- that where we draw the line? No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, if you think about the hormones responsible for female sexual release, it's the same family responsible for birth, and it's the same family of hormones responsible for breastfeeding. It's bloody yeah. oxytocin again, Exactly, yeah. Oxytocin. oxytocin and prolactin. So women having an orgasmic response to breastfeeding kicks in all kinds of taboos about paedophilia and ridiculous stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a physiological phenomenon. Women orgasm giving birth. Mm. I've had women say to me, is it all right if I masturbate what? while they're in the, when they're laboring? I've had at least four women in my career say, are you comfortable with me masturbating? And I said, it's all right, so long as it's not the extended role of the midwife. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it makes total sense because when, if a woman is experiencing sexual release in the context of giving birth, it yeah. makes sense hormonally. Yeah. And for those women, it is what they wanted. For me, it's, it, for me, the key is understanding that there's no morality in nature. We invented morality with our neocortex and our ability to speak language so for me it's about not judging another's choice so if someone chooses to formula feed that's their choice so long as they've got good unbiased information which is very hard to do these days with the machiavellian formula companies who are very good at manipulating information in order to influence our choices but so long as people are making informed choices why not feed a baby in public yeah Yeah. i think we i think we um on this podcast we subscribe to that Definitely, yeah. No right way, right? Yeah. Sorry? There's no right way. No, 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 obviously. Yeah. No, no, And but, I think... Sorry, go on. No, go on. I was going to say breastfeeding in public. I think that's... You know, I think... I don't think there should be any sort of taboo about that. I think it's... No. A woman can breastfeed whatever... I don't, I don't even think that's that controversial to say that. I think just, yeah. that's just... No, absolutely. Okay, last, last thing to end on. Have you tried... Uh, Seth, have you tried Alice's breast milk? Yes. And what did it taste like? Um... You know, it, it, I mean, this goes with what you're saying, is it, ch- it changes over time. And the first time I tried it, it, it um, tasted like, like you know, fine. Like it was perfectly palatable. Uh, I wouldn't say I would like, swap it for my, my standard milk in my coffee. <laughs> I was going to say, was it in your coffee? No, I, I, yeah, I just had a little taste. I, I don't find it that weird or squ- I'm not that squeamish. But funnily enough, well, I, yeah. Alice was less interested in tasting it than, than I was. Okay. I still haven't done it. Um, I'm... It's one of those things. And so you're squeamish about it? A little bit, I think, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. obviously... Well, obviously, all those other just been <laughs> guzzling that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, um, Mark, have you tra- tasted I, that? I, I have tasted it. Yeah? Yeah. It's not neither here nor there for me. I, I didn't, it didn't feel offensive. Yeah. I, I didn't you know, not like it. It's almost quite watery. Yeah, it was water. And then it, I found it tasted more metallic-y Yeah, like coconut on. milk. No, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> what, I mean, like what, coconut milk. What about, what about human cheese? <laughs> Just no, quickly. no, no, human cheese. no, that's where we draw the line on this Ice cream? podcast. No, okay. stop it, okay. stop it.
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351 0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.